What's up, Atlanta sports fans? I'm Graham Waldrop, and alongside me, as always, is Adam. Where do we go from here? Kalal, and we are Atlanta's own to Atlanta natives, recapping the week that was in Atlanta professional sports with wacky ass hijinks and analysis. Adam, how's it going, sir? Oh, Graham, it's going pretty well. Just want, want to start this podcast off by uh, congratulating the Renegades for winning the XFL Yay. championship, Graham. Thrilled. In front of a strong 22,000 fans. That's more than I thought there'd be. Yeah. So that's pretty exciting news. Sure. You know, so we can wrap up that whole segment on the XFL. You know, the Falcons actually signed three XFL players, Graham. What, recently? Yeah. Okay. They signed, uh, a, like, one of the best safeties from the XFL and uh, offensive lineman and a defensive lineman to the point where they cut um, the backup guard from last year, this guy, Effetti. Do you remember him? Not really. He, he played some. He was like a rotation piece. and The name's kind of familiar. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. that's what the Falcons are going to get into it is, like, having this much depth. It's going to be like, you can't keep them all. No. So some guys are going to be gone. It'll be really interesting to see, especially, like, how the defensive line plays out, where are the rotations. I feel like it's a unit now with so many pieces that are actually – viable um you know how how do all those pieces fit um with, with graham jarrett on your meta Caden ellis i know he's a linebacker but he's going to be playing on the defensive line some Clayus campbell d'angelo malone uh Ebiketti. it's just like it's a ton of people and the the new guy from ohio state his name uh escapes my mind at the moment the guy we drafted in the third round so it's just like there's just so many so many people and not enough playing time you can never have enough depth especially in the lines with how the injuries just pile up in the nfl so not complaining about it. I was I was really struggling this week on six eighty the fan. I think it was on the uh, the morning show, the one that still has Brian Finner on it, and they were discussing. You know, I, I don't know if you saw that Matt Ryan became like an analyst for CBS. Yes, and uh, he's not retiring allegedly, so the Colts still owe him a bunch of money. That's the reason. But they were kind of getting into like the whole like is Matt Ryan a Hall of Famer and just like how different his legacy would look had we won that Super Bowl. Oh, obviously. Yeah. And, like, so many people blame him. And then they just started going. It was cringeworthy, Graham, just, like, going into all the different things that happened that were not Matt Ryan's fault that yeah. led to us. And, like, so many of them you forget about, like, the holding penalty on Jake Matthews right. that pushed us out of field goal range. De- Devontae Freeman missing the block, um, not running the fucking ball in the second half. Enough. Yeah, like, a, that's one thing. They were, like, a head coach that – can't like sack up and overrule his offensive uh, coordinator who won't stop running. Well, you know what? I bet not Matt Ryan's fault. Right. I bet uh, Dan Quinn didn't do that at all during the regular season. And I bet they never even had a conversation about Dan Quinn doing anything to disrupt the offense. I bet it was Kyle. This is your show. I don't know anything about offensive football. I won't say anything. It's just crazy. The turn of history though. Like Dan Quinn would still be our head coach, you know, probably like if you win a Super Bowl in this town, like you get, Ten years of grace after that? At least. You get a statue. You get a statue, you get ten years, you get um key to the city, the key to every woman's heart, um, and and man, like you're just you're good for life. You don't gotta do anything. Yeah, it'd be called it wouldn't be called Mercedes Benz Stadium anymore. It'd be called the, the Q Dome. The Q Dome. Oh well, that's actually a good name. <laughs> the Q Dome. Um Yeah, no, it's wild. Just like we'll never recover from that. No. It's like a... Even if we win the Super Bowl, we'll never recover from the Super Bowl we lost. It's like, it was that show, Tiger King or whatever it was called? The Netflix show that people went crazy about? Yes. 
It's like, I will never financially recover from this. You will never emotionally recover from this. (laughs) And Arthur Blank will never financially recover from all the money he could have made after winning the Super Bowl, too. Yeah, there's no one in Atlanta that can say that they've they've never been through any trauma. Because, like, (laughs) that shit cuts deep, man. Yeah. And it would be one thing, too, if this was, like, you know, an anomaly. Like, we had won some championships before that. We had a Super Bowl before that. We won, like, multiple World Series or NBA titles and didn't suffer like so many crushing playoff defeats and championship defeats, but it's like this was just like the cherry on top of a Sunday of shit is is what the the 2016-17 Super Bowl was. It's crazy because there's like a different Super Bowl team every year. Like who won this past year? I, I don't Kansas even remember City. who won the year before that. L.A. Rams. But the point is, like, you have to think really hard. You have to think for a like, second. If you go back like six years, who won? You can guess the Patriots. This will always be ours. Like, no one else would really care about the Falcons winning that Super Bowl no. now. Hey, we're turning the page, though. You got to. Did you see these pictures of uh, Desmond Ritter going around no. this week? Mm-hmm. He's all jacked. Oh, yeah. They showed, like, pictures of him last year at the beginning of training camp. He looks like a year. shrimp. Oh, yeah. And he's like, he looks huge this year. Looks like a grown man. No, he looks like a, uh, a full-grown prawn. Hopefully he's not too big, though. Sure. Gotta, I, I mean, got to be nimble. You don't want to, yeah, you don't want him to be Jamarcus Russell out there um, or something well, like that, that where he's fat. like 300 pounds. This is muscle. Yeah, I'm, I'm okay with that. I think you you got to beef up a little bit in the NFL. Like, I think guys like um, like Lamar, you know, he's so skinny, even though he's like, he's still built out and whatnot, but it's like, it's good to be a little thick. You're going to take some hits, you yeah. know, for and Christ's it, sake. Yeah, it's not, it's not baseball. No. Where you want to be lean. No. Got to take some punishment. Yeah. Um, speaking of baseball, Adam, should we jump into what's going on with the Braves? That probably makes sense. It's uh, not been good recently. Lost Losers of five of their last six, I believe. Swept on the road in Toronto. Um, two of those games were really winnable as well. Some absolute, I know you're out of town this weekend, but like Saturday's game especially, there's some just disastrous play in the outfield. I don't know if you heard about that. I saw, I heard about just like issues with the shadows. And yeah, I, it's I like, saw an example of it on Sunday, I believe. Yeah, like Olsen dropped a ball. They shouldn't have dropped. Ozzy and Ronnie had multiple miscommunications. There were balls dropped there as well. It was, uh, it was a disgusting series. And um, this brave schedule has been hard recently. Um, and it's not getting any easier with, you know, the Toronto series last weekend playing the Rangers, who are surprisingly the best team in the AL West so far this year. And then. Uh, next week, the Dodgers coming into town, and this weekend, Seattle Mariners coming into town, and you know none of those. You know the Dodgers had the best record in the National League out of nowhere. Not that we expected them to suck or anything, but um, you know they've been playing really good baseball recently. The Mariners are picking it up. They were a playoff team last year, so it's like we're not getting uh, the Nationals and you know the Marlins and shit. We're getting some actually like really you know solid to good teams, and um, I think the lack of consistent starting pitching is hurting. You know, the bullpen just continues to be quite vulnerable, I would say. Yeah, I mean, it, we're certainly hitting some adversity here. And, of course, this tough schedule coincides with um, Freed and Wright being out, Wright, who officially went to the 60-day DL. So, like, we knew he was going to be out a couple months, but that just makes it all the more official. But, yeah, man, if the, the bullpen's not holding up their end of the bargain, I mean, that game Sunday was just brutal where, like, we just – it was a bullpen game and like we, yeah. we made it. I mean, that's the thing with these bullpen games. It's like so many people can be on, but it just takes one or two being off and you're screwed. But we had a one run lead for like, what, like four innings. And then Iglesias comes in and quickly blows it. Yeah. 
I think I feel like there was some there was some bad luck in that inning as well. Mm-hmm. Like, um, I think it was another uh, outfield issue, like early, and it was just like shit, man. Can't can't close it out. Like to, to escape with one in Toronto would have been huge. But, yeah. You know, at the end of the day, we're five up in the division. We have a nice lead. Yeah, and it, if you just play, I'm not worried. No, I'm not super worried or anything. But I mean, we could have really buried the Mets and Phillies. I think, especially the Mets. The Mets are just in a perpetual free fall. Well, don't right forget now. about the second place. Uh, I'm not concerned about the Marlins. Their run differential is just crazy. They're like negative fifty six. Like they're they're gonna they're gonna bottom out really soon. I think. Uh, I think by you know middle of June they'll they'll be an afterthought. Um. But for the Mets and the Phillies, it would have been nice to, you know, while those teams aren't performing as well as, uh, you know, you expect them to perform to really put some more distance between you and them. Uh, but it's hard, especially when you are, I think we had like two bullpen games in the last week. And that's just not a recipe for success to me in today's MLB um, because you're just going to start tiring out your guys and the bullpen has already worked, you know, a lot of innings this year. Um, and it's, not going to get any better. So, like, you know, throwing McHugh for two innings on Sunday, I was just like, this sucks. This sucks. I, I like, I don't know what we need to do, but we need to have, like, a solid five-man rotation. We can't, like, rely on this um, to be a thing that we do until Freed and Wright come back. Not to say that they're going to do that, but we just need to find a way to uh, throw a consistent five out there. And thank God Charlie Morton is pitching really well this year. Very impressed with his effort the other night, the twelve uh, nothing victory over the Rangers. I can't remember if that was Monday or Tuesday. I think it was Monday. Yeah. Um, dude looked like a hoss. Struck out ten. Uh, the spin rate seems back on his fastball. That was a big thing last year. Been and the curveball has been really good too. That was the thing last year. People just weren't. He wasn't inducing enough whiffs. Now the whiffs are back. The strikeouts are going up. Um, he's been out. He's been outstanding this year so far. He's been our our best pitcher, a sub three ERA, a one point three seven WHIP. Uh, he's been excellent. Forty nine strikeouts to eighteen walks, only giving up four home runs um, and forty seven and a third innings pitched. So I, 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 you know, Charlie Morton looks like Charlie Morton again for the first time since twenty twenty one. Yeah, no, he he's been he's been great. Strider's been solid, yeah. great for the most part. I mean, Strider's still having an amazing season. Yeah, Elder's been really good, so someone's got to step up. At least we got five out of Schuster last night. Yeah. Uh, but he was getting, I mean, they pulled him after like 60 pitches, which I know a lot of people are complaining about, but he was getting just rocketed in that last inning that he did pitch. Yeah. So, that, that But then, of continue. course, Dylan Lee comes in, who's been one of our better relievers all year, and he sucks. I, I, I'm worried about Dylan Lee. I think he's been overworked. He's already thrown 20 innings this year. It's a lot to ask of a guy who doesn't have a ton of, uh, you know, major league experience to just be like one of the people you're really relying on. I mean, I'm, I'm disappointed and, you know, like Joe, Him- Joe Jimenez has, has not been the guy that we thought he was going to be. Um, it's funny. He'll be okay, but he like gives up one home run every single appearance. Yeah. And that's just unacceptable. You know, another guy who's been good this year is Nick Anderson, but it's like, can we really rely on Nick Anderson? You know, mentor has, while intents oh, and purposes had a bad season. Like, he's almost unusable now. Yeah, it was 805 ERA. Um, interesting article on battery power, formerly Ch- Talking Chop, that I read today, about what's really going on with AJ Mentor. And they broke down a lot of interesting things, saying that, like, you know, there's a lot of, like, under the radar stats that seem to indicate that maybe he's getting a little unlucky. His batting average of balls in play is, like, 400 or something. Like, surely that will regress at some point. 
Um, hard hit rate is pretty good. You know, his strikeout and walk rate is actually a little better than it was last year. But they're saying some of it could be bad luck. Some of it could be a pitch clock thing where he used to be, uh, you know, someone who would really take his time, especially in the stretch when uh, runners were on yeah. and that, you know, there could just be an adjustment period going on, but they're, you know, they're saying like, don't give up on him. The under the, under the radar, under the hood stats say that he's still a good pitcher. He's going through a bad stretch right now, but it still sucks when, you know, your setup man has an 805 ERA. You can't really get around that. Yeah. I mean, he was one of the ones that we kind of talked about in spring training saying it could be an issue for him with the pitch clock yeah because he was he was just brutally slow here we go at least we st- we we have depth and like we're getting you know tonkin has been great this year yeah he's been good my boy kirby yates is starting he's to look strong look like a real piece mm-hmm. so it'll come together we just kind of like someone's got to step up if it's schuster dodd's been getting killed in triple a Soroka, I think they're kind of just scared to pull the trigger on bringing him up. I like, like to pull the trigger on. A- Anthopolis was interviewed about it this week and was like, "Look, he's still working some things out. Like when we bring him up, we're bringing him up for good. Like yeah. he, he's not going to be like a spot starter guy, right?" But um, yeah, and I would say you know with the being ten games over five hundred, don't rush him. I just think his he will he will have better stats with uh, you know and how you know we also have to consider how much he's actually like working on things right now, how much he's treating this like a spring training. But, you know, I think like we were talking about a couple weeks ago, I don't remember if that was last week, but we're basically like the FIP is really good. Everything that he controls walks, uh, home runs, strikeouts, you know, there's a good rate in Gwinnett despite his bloated ERA. So it's like, I think, you know, a lot of it could be related to, you know, just having substandard defense in triple a, um, that's probably not the whole story, but that, that number is encouraging to me. Let's talk about your boy, Michael Harris, Graham. I feel Dude, like we've, we've kind of let him go under the radar now. Yeah, let, let's let's get into it. Um, I'm disappointed in Mike to begin the year. I know he was on the on the shelf for a while being injured, but it seems like every fucking ball he hits is a ground ball. It doesn't matter if it's a base hit or if it's a um, an out. And most of the time it is an out. Um, just been a far cry from himself. 206 average, 299 on base, 309 slugging, with a paltry 608 on base plus slugging percentage. Negative .2 war. Still playing good defense, but the offense, he's just uh, damn near an automatic out at this point. I mean, at this point, he's he's our worst offensive outfielder. Like He's our worst offensive player I'd plug right in now. Pilar Rosario Hilliard over his bat right, right now. Right, but his D is still excellent, right. so it's like it's tough to lose him. You can't you can't really afford to bench him or anything like that because of how valuable his defense is. But I agree, his offense is bad, and everything's going straight into the ground. Um, he is not getting any lift on his balls right now. The last time he got lift on his balls um, <laughs> was uh, in that walk off uh, hit he had a couple weeks ago. I can't remember who that was. It was on a Sunday. It was a Sunday afternoon game against Baltimore. Yeah. Next innings. And um, that's the last time I think, I mean, I'm sure he's hit the ball in the air since then. But that's the last time he hit the ball in the air with any sort of significance, um, it feels like. So just really disappointing season for Mike offensively so far. Yeah, we've just got a couple of guys who we were expecting huge things out of this year. And Michael Harris, Austin Riley, Olsen's been kind of hit or miss I'm a little kind bit. of thinking that Matt Olsen ain't that great. Like he's he's becoming like a, a, a like uh, you know that there's that saying what is it like a three outcomes player like a Joey like he's a better a much better version of Joey Gallo where he's either going to get a walk a home run or a a strikeout yeah that's kind of how I feel about Matt Olson um you know, he, he, it's it's very similar to last year started off hot as the Dickens falls off a cliff um comes back to be okay falls off a cliff you know it's it's just 
you know, it's the, the pattern's repeating, and it's kind of, and it's, and it's frustrating. I, I need more from Matt Olson. He should not be hitting number two right now. Austin Riley should not be hitting number three. I would put Sean Murphy at number two, man. I mean, Acuna's playing at an all-world level. Put Sean Murphy behind him, really create some one-two thump. I mean, like, if I'm a if I'm a starting pitcher right now, I mean, I don't want to walk Acuna, but I'm not as, uh, you know, I'm not afraid of Matt Olson behind him. If you put Sean Murphy there, I'm terrified of having to face Acuna Murphy to open a game. Like, get out of here. Yeah, I mean, Acuna is really doing it. It's because we have a good offense, right? Like, we put up. Yeah, overall. A lot of runs, but it's kind of like streaky in parts. It's but very like, streaky. It's like Acuna, like really holding things together. He's the glue. He's everything. I mean, and that's the great thing about our depth is like, yeah, Olsen and Riley aren't going to be those guys every night. But then like Arcia pl- comes in or you get a Pilar or obviously Sean Murphy. Right. But, but how many of those guys are going to be consistently like doing the thing, doing like doing work? But that's the thing. When you have nine deep that are like solid players. Some people can be off and other people are going to pick them right. up. Right. But I'm but just saying you got Acuna like, you know, at the top of the order. It's like keeping everything right. together. True. But I'm just saying like, you know, I don't expect Pilar or Arcia to be doing what they're doing in July or August. They just don't have the track record for that. Well, you're a pessimist and a track record guy. Yeah, but I'm not a pessimist. I'm just, I just look at stats and try to make objective opinions about things. Whereas I mean, Arcia and both of them have done outstanding work so far. Hopefully I'm wrong. But what I'm saying is like, you expect Olsen and Riley to be, hell of a lot more consistent than they are right now. They don't have to be on Acuna's level because very few people are, but I, I got to get more from Austin Riley and Matt Olson. If, if we have a, a, a chance in hell at actually doing something this year, obviously the pitching has to come around, but offensively, you throw this team into a playoff series right now, the only people I trust are Acuna, Sean Murphy. That might, that might, that might be it. Ozzy, if it's a lefty. that's Ozzy, if it's a lefty, yes, but... It's really like those two guys have just been so huge and instrumental in our success this year. Well, I mean, and that's that's the thing. I mean, we do crush lefties. Like, if you ever throw a lefty against us, you're just a fool. That was like the the Rangers game on on uh, yeah on Monday. It was or, a left hander. We scored twelve runs. Poor bastard's first start. He just gets absolutely destroyed. Yeah, set. Well, tied a major league record for five two run home runs in a game. Hmm. Um, Arcia had one. Your boy Ozuna. Keeps it going in Bay, dude. Hell, Ozuna might be our cleanup hitter again soon. I'm, I'm telling you something. So uh, when I was watching the game on Saturday, it was an Ozuna at bat. He gets. Uh, I think we talked about this last week, but you know, it was like the same thing. It was like he got like an eight. He saw like eight or nine pitches, worked a three and two count, took the ball the other way. He was out. You know, it was a fly ball, it was an out, but he hit the ball hard. It could have been a home run, you know, if he had just been a little faster on the pitch. But it was like a really good at bat. I was like, I'm not gonna be upset at him getting nine pitches and then hitting the ball and almost hitting a home run and, and getting out. Like, you, you do that all day, I'm cool, because you know what? Eventually you're going to break through. And he's been, you know, he's been consistently hitting homers. He's been excellent in May. He's got like a 1,000 OPS uh, in, in May, like seven, like, I don't know how many home runs he has, like four or five home runs. He's doing a really good job right now. and it's, he has it's eight. His eight total. Um, oh, in May. I'm just talking about, about in May. Gotcha. Yeah, but uh, he's, he's, he's been fantastic. I, I didn't. I don't think anybody saw this coming, but uh, yeah, Ozuna, patience has paid off. There. Ozuna has uh, been clutch. I'm, I'm still not going to sit here and say he's going to like continue this 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 stretch uh, this stretch for the rest of the year, this hot streak. But we need this right now. So hats off to him for working through his, his shit and providing some actual value for the first time in three years. Do you know Shoemaker's still on the active roster? It's because Adrian's is still hurt. Right? Oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah, I was going to say he needs to be down getting his reps, but that makes sense with Austin and. 
Olsen. I, I know Snit plays these guys every day, but they might need a they might need a day off. Matt Olson really needs a, a day off to me. It was it was encouraging to see him hit an opposite field double on Monday night against a lefty. Um, but overall, I'm, I'm not impressed with his at bats. He just he just looks like he's flailing at stuff. He doesn't seem locked in. His hips are flying open. Something's going on with him mechanically that's just drastically affecting his uh, performance at the plate that needs to be figured out and figured out promptly. Yeah, keep in mind, we're, we're talking to you guys at the end of this brutal Blue Jays series and tough loss to the Rangers last night that we actually had a chance to win. But this thing obviously turns quick and it's still a really good team. Yeah, this hope, team isn't like screwed or anything. Hope, hope does not need to be lost. We no. just need someone to stabilize. We just like we can do a bullpen game once through a turn, but like we should be between you know between. You think every those, time during the rotation, you do a bullpen game. I think teams do that now. Yeah, but once we can't do it twice. No, we need someone to step in and give us five six innings. Have you heard of this kid, this twenty year old kid who? Is just flying through the organization, kind of no. like Spencer Strider did. Mm-mm. Like he just tore up single A. He was in double A for, you know, maybe like three weeks, and now they promoted him to triple A. Well, shit, maybe he comes up and helps us out. Yeah, I think that's like that's the thought. It's like it's it's obviously a man on a mission. Um, yeah, cool. trying to move him along. So love it. Could pull a name for you, but yeah, yeah, it's a guy. Well, yeah, he's a guy. And uh, we'll see where that goes. I saw some bullshit articles circulating today about how like much of a massive mistake the Braves made by not re-signing Dansby. And it's like we just need to admit this now. Like they made a huge mistake. And I don't, I don't, I don't see it. Like Arcia's defense has been good. Like I don't have the defensive metrics. In he's front been of me. yeah. He's been above average for sure he's hitting 342 compared to dansby's now 270 and you know dansby started off hitting like 450 for the first three weeks right so he's in one of his hot and cold dansby slumps which is like dansby's still having a good season though but rc has been objectively better yeah like that shortstop is in our issue now like also we're 10 games above 500 yeah i would like to see an article saying hey maybe anthopolis should have spent on an actual like frontline starter not like a verlander but you know Jose Quintana, or not Jose Quintana, who am I thinking of? Uh, Carlos Rodon from San Francisco. Like, you know, that's an article I could be like, yeah, yeah, we should have invested in another frontline but starting also, pitcher. But also, Rodon is hurt and hasn't played all year. True, but I'm just saying, like, on paper. Right, but you, also, the, you don't expect to lose Freed. I mean, your top two starters, basically. You don't, but also it's like, Freed, you know what you're getting. Kyle Wright has one good season, and it's like, that's a lot to put on Kyle Wright's shoulders to be like, yeah, you're going to be consistently amazing again next year without any setbacks it's just like get insurance policies policies are starting rotation because putting all the pressure on these fucking young kids is, is a dangerous game to play well i don't think there's that much pre- like i don't think they're like going out there saying hey you need to be an all-star this year no like, but they just want guys who are going to eat up innings and that's give not, them a chance to get to their bullpen that's not good enough you know you know the only two guys you can like legitimately trust are morton and strider everyone else is a, is a question mark well, right now because there's injuries i know what's but your, like why, why wouldn't you want to get one more guy just to be like you know what if max free goes down if kyle wright goes down we have we still have like or a strike or like whatever if you lose two of your five guys that you projected going in the rotation at least you have another stud here it's easy to say go get a stud but it's like i would i i would have totally invested in and find another frontline starter just for this exact scenario because you're going to burn your your young pitching out. You're going to burn your bullpen out. I mean, if every you keep team's going to struggle. Like we we had pitching depth, like starting pitching tep- depth. Every team's going to struggle but, if you lose 
two out of your top three starters. Of course, but no why one's not? Going to be able to just replace that? No, but you 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 build more depth by getting another frontline starter in the offseason so that if the situation arises, you are better prepared to weather the storm. The Braves are not prepared to weather this storm. You are relying on Bryce Elder, who's having admittedly a great season, but who knows how long that lasts. You're just relying on too many people that have question marks around them. We had to do two bullpen games in a week. Like, this is not good. No, it's not good, but you understand this wasn't the plan. I know this wasn't the plan. I'm just saying you should have planned better. You should have gotten out, gone out and gotten another legitimate starter. You had four guys competing for the fifth spot. And they were all question marks, either young and inexperienced or severely injury prone. And guys like Schuster, Dodd and Soroka. And then elders also inexperienced. That's not, that's just too, that's just too many question marks. You think a lot of teams have a better fifth starter than that? I don't know. It's a give and take thing. It's easy to play Captain Hindsight. But I also said this in the spring training. Right. But you also wouldn't have traded for Sean Murphy because it was a position of strength. I, I wouldn't have. Um, so you win some, you lose some. You're not, <laughs> right. not going to nail it every time. There we go. But yeah, that article about that's like the worst thing someone should be talking about right now. Going back to your original point about we just need to admit that losing Dansby was you know, a huge mistake. It, Cubs are paid for Dansby. Dansby's a good player. He'll never have as good a season as he had last year. His power is way down. He's only hit, like, what, three home runs this season? Yeah, two or three. Yeah, so. Cubs are sit- sitting at 19 and 23. Yeah, he's still a very valuable player, an excellent defender. Um, and his 383 or whatever on base percentage is, is stellar. But, you know, I'm not, I'm not losing sleep over Dansby Swanson. I'm losing sleep over my rotation and the, the struggles of Riley and Olsen. You know who I wish we had from the Cubs? Drew Smiley, man. Why is it that always pitchers come to the Braves, suck, and then they leave, and then they're great? Like, Smiley, and particularly, I will never get over how good Kevin Gaussman is now. Yeah. What in the actual fuck? Like, Smiley, 4-1, 305 ERA, .97 whip. Like, I mean, remember when we made that trade for him or signed him, which I, I think you're like, this is silly. Why would we sign on some loser like that? We don't need rotation death. Blah, 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 blah. I never said we don't need rotation death. I just don't like that And they, like they that liked Smiley because they, like, saw something in his saber metrics from like his like four starts. He still wasn't very good for us. No, he wasn't. Yeah. That's the thing. He was terrible. Right. But now it's playing out. Yeah, I like that's playing he, out. He was now. actually decent like for part of last year. I only know because I had him on my fantasy baseball team. Mm-hmm. So that's how that's how you learn things like this. Uh, so it, maybe it, that's yeah. a guy we can make a trade for. Let, let's bring Smiley back. Yeah it is crazy. Like four forty eight ERA when he was with the Braves 305 ERA this year with Chicago and a sub one whip. Damnation. I mean, you, you got to start looking. I mean, it's so damn early in the season still. Like, the only teams out of the race, holy shit, the, a, the A's are already 17 and a half. Yeah, the, a, back. the A's are terrible. You know, we love trading with them, but I don't, I don't think they have anybody. Like, I saw. No, they got a couple of good guys that you could look at well, in the outfield. Yeah, I saw. I saw the outfielder, but um, like pitching wise, no. Like Moeller, I think I saw he had a seven plus ERA, so he wouldn't have been the answer if he he was still no. with us. No, all the people we've given the A's, like Christian Pache was the centerpiece of the uh, Aust- I mean, excuse me, the Matt Olson deal. He's not even on the A's anymore, so it's like I don't think we've lost really anything. Langoliers is all right. Langoliers is good, but like when you get in Sean Murphy, it doesn't really matter. But you were talking about the standings. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, A's are the only team that's out of it. So, like, yeah, no one's trading a starting pitcher until 
maybe early July. Yeah. So someone's got to step up. Kansas City and Chicago White Sox are out of it too, I would say. But yeah, for the most part, it's uh, it's slim picking. You're gonna wait there. for that market to develop. No one's gonna make a trade early. Yeah, I heard Anthopoulos saying, you know, he's he's had conversations. He, he realizes it's something that's going on, obviously. Um, so he's, you know, it's not like he's doing nothing. Um, it's just the I'm saying it's the reality of of the trade market right now. Is there is no trade market in middle of May. Let's sign Bob Bumgarner. Give him give no him a spot. He is so bad. He is like he's not usable anymore. Like he is he is washed up. He gave his best years to the Giants. They won three World Series. Um, he's not been the same since that dirt, uh, what dirt bike or ATV injury that where he blew his arm out. He has not been the same pitcher. I, I want nothing to do with Madison Bumgarner. Seven years ago, I'd be like, "What are you talking about?" That's just the reality now. Good, he is worthless. Good, good clubhouse guy. I don't need a clubhouse. We have plenty of good clubhouse guys. That's the last thing I need. I need someone to come in here. That's the last a, thing I need. Yeah, I need. I don't want a clubhouse cancer or anything, but I need a good club. I need a good pitcher. Okay. Well, we'll see, Graham. It is crazy that Wright's going to be out for like two more months, and Freed will be out for at least what another month and a half or something. Yeah, it's unfortunate. It's it's just. I love me some Max Freed. Yeah, good news. I mean, he'd been lights out. I guess. Yeah, he had been. Uh, the good news, I guess, about that, if there is good news, is that. If you wanted to maybe get him an extension, now's a good time. You could um, cite the injury. Maybe not even like right now, but like if he comes back and still pitches well, you could like, well, you did miss like two months of the season. So that's going to knock uh, $20, 30000000 million off your, off your contract. We'll get him now when he's a little scared about his future. Or that. Or you could pounce and really prey on his emotions. Yeah, yeah sure. Prey on his fears. He wants that security. Lifetime family security. Eight years, $52 million contract. <laughs> I want I want the give ten the, year. What, the what was, yeah, I about to say the Aussie special, like the eight year, yeah, like thirty six million. And what do you think about all this stuff going on? Like you know, at any time Aussie just like I mean, he's hitting like over four hundred from the left side of the plate. I mean, from the right side of the plate, and maybe two hundred, two twenty from the right uh, from the left side. Yeah. And anytime that happens, everyone's like, "Why don't you just like bail on switch hitting?" Yeah. yeah. What are your thoughts on that? I wish he would. I think he's so much. He's just a consistent force um the right side and obviously it wouldn't be there would be a tough transition to do that i don't know if you want to do that in the middle of the year but i mean the numbers are there and i, I read this article um on the athletic where everybody just like comes up to him ask him if he wants to do it and he always says no and i'm all for being like you know support your guy support what he wants to do but it's like if ozzy albies can be better maybe just say hey ozzy's tough shit um you're batting right-handed from now on. I, mean, I think that's the problem is we don't know if he would be better batting right-handed against, right? Because, I mean, you got to think you're used to – he's used to always seeing a slider go away from him, and then all of a sudden it's coming towards him, you know? Yeah. Um, but but he, he has had success. I, I guess It sounds like he actually somewhat considered it Yeah. when Seitzer brought it up to him recently. I would be like um, – so he's only had ten major league at bats hitting from the right side, but he's four for ten with three home runs. Plus, against bums, it's against like, bums for the like most part, either position players or people that throw like eighty miles sure. an hour. Sure, but so even that's, that's a it's, it's it's not a real stat. You, you knew that was a not real. Stat I knew it was not a real stat, that. but it still makes. I read you, the same article. Yeah, you did. it still makes you go like, mm. but if you just try it, as Vinny Graziosi just used to try tell it. My old roommate, don't don't piss on me and tell me it's raining, Graham. Oh yeah, it's very original, um, <laughs> but. I just wish 
the Braves would force his hand and just say, hey, you know, you're an excellent right-handed hitter. Let's just do it. And, like, if it doesn't work, if it makes your whole game fall apart, we'll rebuild you. You're still young. It's okay. But it's, again, we're, we're bitch, you know, we could be Oakland and losing our team. We could be, uh, you know, the Phillies having a World Series hangover right now. Um, no, or, or the Mets, who spent $300 million in payroll and are, you know, just I, losing I'm almost every to be game. an Atlanta Brave, Graham. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's, it's still things, things are fine. Everyone's got their issues. Everyone does have their issues, that's for sure. No team is uh, infallible or anything like that. But the uh, I just want to see the schedule is still brutal. We finally play the Phillies in May, Adam. But I am looking forward to getting a little reprieve from this brutal stretch. So after the Dodgers next week, we get uh, the Phillies for four, which hopefully we take care of business there. And then Oak, three at Oakland, three at Arizona. Arizona's actually had a pretty decent season. Three against the Mets, three against Washington, three against Detroit, four against Colorado. So like especially like Washington, Detroit, Colorado, that's like ten games where you should be like eight and two by the end of that. So um help is coming for the Braves in terms of uh, a little bit of schedule relief. I think that's what we got for the Braves, Adam. Um no real Falcons news. I think we covered Falcons already. I was gonna say surely you don't have Hawks stuff to discuss. There's nothing to talk about with the Hawks. Sounds like that's an episode. That might bro. be an episode. I will say this: I think the Hawks. Just talking about the Hawks for a second. You know, we were talking about like, well, you know, I, I remember I was like, why bring Quinn Sider in now during the middle of the season? I think we saw why. Doc Rivers fired. Coach Bud fired. Nick Nurse fired. Um, so many like good coaches. All coaches that have won NBA titles. It's not like, you know, some guy you never heard of was fired. Uh. He's all, you know, regardless of what you think about it. I know Doc Rivers chokes in the playoffs every year, but, but, but this is the thing is it's like there were a lot of premium, you know, guys you think of as premium head coaches. Um, Monty Williams is also fired, like, that are now available. And there's all these jobs that are available as well that are better than the Hawks. And so you know that all the teams that fired those coaches would be after Quinn Snyder. They'd be on them like white on rice. Oh, yeah. So it's really good that the Hawks – got him when they did because i doubt if we had waited until the end of the year that quinn snyder would still be available or even if he was available he probably wouldn't pick the hawks ever say going to milwaukee to work with Giannis. you know yeah so <laughs> we could have brought coach bud back though that would be hilarious <laughs> yeah. giving him that uh gm of basketball operations not again. again i think we learned our lesson from that the last time yeah but uh so that's a good point graham this uh front office actually did a smart thing i would say yeah, you know, you know, I know as fans, we think everyone running all organizations are just idiots. But right. They're probably pretty smart people. Some, Yeah, I would say so. I'd say the majority of them are probably pretty smart. All right, that's it for this episode. Thank you guys for listening. Hope you're well. We'll see you next week. Until then, rise up, chop on, unite and conquer, and remain true to Atlanta. Hospitality. Hospitality.